You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And David, I look at my screen, I don't look at it slavishly like I used to. But I just keep on seeing that. I mean, NASPERS mm. down nearly 15% mm. on the day. NASPERS mm. that could do no mm. wrong. And I, I looked mm. at 10 cents graph. Mm. It was very close to 100 per share in Hong Kong dollars. And it's now mm. below 50. So it's halved in yeah. price. Mm. And that has had a, not such a big effect on NASPERS. But goodness me, this is a bloodbath. It, it has been. And for South African pension funds and South African investors, this was one of their core holdings. And in many cases, because of the huge gains that we've seen in time over, you know, from 10 cents, it's become an overweight holding. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of people didn't want to sell because of the capital gains that it would attract. Yes. And there's been a lot of changes that have taken place in the structure in that and there were attempts to close the gap on 10 cent because there's a huge even even with these big losses there's still a huge gap between the valuation of 10 cent the valuation of process and NASPES. but to give you an idea i mean i'm i'm, I'm looking at it at a chart it's a crude chart it's not a um the price of NASPES um a year ago, just over a year ago, it was call it three thousand eight hundred and fifty odd. Thirty eight fifty rand per share. Okay. Thirty eight fifty. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, three eight fifty. Right. And today it's down at below one sixty. You know, where's it now? So sixteen hundred. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's call 1600, it. Yeah. Sixteen hundred. Fifteen twenty five to be exact. So yeah, it's way more than half. Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, that's in a year. That's in one year. So we've seen it hit the height um, at those levels at the time when there was just after the, you know, uh, just after we went into lockdown or during that period where all the tech shares were, you know, were steaming along. And this has come down dramatically. It started to come down with the lockdown and with, with a clampdown in the, you know, by the Chinese authorities. But now it's looking, it's looking just terribly vulnerable. What, what, and, what is bringing it down? Okay, before we before we get it, I mean, there, obviously there, it's the ten cent, the ten cent price. It's mm, that's that's it's the a first one. Price, but yeah. what what the latest story is is that uh, the Chinese government uh, are going to impose a fine. This came through the Wall Street Journal. I don't know what the exact fine is, but this it morning, translates yeah. into billions around yeah, uh, because of illicit transfers that took place through the WeChat. Uh, hub or the WeChat uh, uh, app. Mm. So, you know, this is their biggest or or the the area that attracts most of the attention at Tencent is WeChat. You know, it's just one of the many products that they offer. But there has been a clampdown overall on on Chinese tech shares. But this is this has gone out of the way. I mean, this is more than we expected. So even this morning, there was another sell off in the Oh, so so these are the stories. Sorry, I'm getting a bit incoherent here. So this is the one story. Read them out. This is the one story is the WeChat fine. The other is that they've they've imposed a lockdown on Shenzhen, which is the tech hub of the world. Now, I'm not quite sure. Because of the COVID outbreak, the latest COVID outbreak, which will disappear, of course. But what do people do is they use WeChat, you know, so I'm saying – I'm not sure why it would have hammered tech shares because, if anything, 
you start to use the services of technology for home deliveries and chatting to friends and uh, mm. emails and everything. So I'm not I'm not quite sure why. That. Then the other, of course, is geopolitical issues. I mean, you know, that's 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 weighing heavily. Why again? It should be belated in China. I'm not sure. You know, so. Uh, we can put any excuse on it, but I think what has happened is Chinese tech, for for whatever reason, remain under considerable pressure, and I think more more has to do with the authorities than anything else. You know, just wanting to tame the the power of these tech shares. This continues, so it's 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 been a disaster. I mean, it's 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 you know we're we're kind of just absolutely dumbstruck by. You know, by, by the performance. And, 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 and Lindsay, I know, you know, you say, we see, so many people are calling, this is great value, this is great. I'm saying, hold on a sec. You know, no one else thinks so. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, we're not, we're kind of using history. And, 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 and it happens many times. You think back on where it was. And I think you've got to reassess where it is now. This you know, could do this, 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 this mm. could do no wrong. And I mean, I'd, I'm, mm. I'm not singling people out now, but uh, Bob, mm. or, or, or the board, or the wisdom, or not of the of the of the people in charge at Naspers um, process Naspers as it was mm. on its own then. But Bob Van Dyke got a billion dollar reimbursement, I think, mm. not not that long ago. Mm. Uh, mm. Sorry, maybe not mm. a billion dollar, maybe a billion rand uh, reimbursement mm. for for his work, and he's a fine CEO and everything. But you know, it, it could do no wrong. It was the golden boy mm. of the of the exchange, and now suddenly, it's turned mm. tail and it's biting everybody. Mm. It, it was it, mm. you couldn't have enough Nasperson. What's process. the message there, Lindsay? Listen, yeah. just think about what you're telling me. Just yeah. think about this, because what did Bob Van Dyke? Uh, was positioned to change the whole characteristics of process. In other words, to turn it into a tech company. And we, you know, we've gone into e-education, uh, e-everything, uh, classifieds, you name it. And yet, what does the market tell you today? It's Tencent. Tencent comes under pressure. We don't care. We're getting out of process. So virtually zero value, less than zero value is given to all the other work that uh, Bob Van Dyke has done. And I, I agree with you. He's probably a well-meaning person. Yes. But at the end of the day, the market's saying, we don't care about that. We just care about Tencent. You know, that's that's the message I get across here. You've you can always stand said. in your head and whistle yes. about all the other businesses. <laughs> you know, you can, you can tell me everything. There's zero value. I mean, we got crushed today. David, you've always said that it's, it's, it's Tencent. You'd rather be in Tencent mm. than in Naspers uh, process. Mm. And the mm. businesses that they've bought, I've always said to you, you've always said to me it's just Tencent. I've always said to you, I don't know, the barriers to entry for mm. the delivery services uh, are not particularly high. You can do it. Yeah. You can do it yourself. Bicycle. <laughs> yeah. It's a bike and a bloke. <laughs> a bicycle, a bloke, and a cell phone. <laughs> Precisely, you do that. I mean, it sounds really crude, and it sounds really simplistic, and it sounds disparaging. But I promise you, it's not that difficult. Whereas with with certain other businesses that we've always enthused about, you you don't. It's it's not as easy as that. And I I'm now suddenly fearful of this because if the Chinese say, well, let's have a look at this thing now, and it's twenty nine 
percent owned by uh, a, for- a foreigner. Uh, so maybe we should be a little bit harsher on Tencent. I don't know whether it's a nationalistic thing, a geopolitical thing as well. But the Chinese are suddenly becoming, you know, they're pumping up their uh, their chests and um, making them making the world know that uh, mm-hmm. who, who they are and how strong they are. So this is they don't care. Yeah, uh, they absolutely don't care about it's foreign. Really big news. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it's you know, I just tweeted something this morning because I always remember sitting at a Buffett um, AGM, you know, in, in Omaha. And I was there when he's, when this is, I, I haven't been for a good number of years, six mm. or seven. And um, someone asked him, in fact, this was probably the last one that I attended. Someone said to him, why aren't you investing in emerging markets? And he was, his answer was very simplistic, you know, emerging markets. In other words, uh, because I think some of them were, um, you know, they were doing pretty well at that stage. And he said, you know, there is nothing that I can buy in those emerging markets that I can't buy in America, in this market, you know. And it was a strong message. I don't need to go there. I can find whatever I need here in America. And I think I think what we've learned in the last couple of weeks is, you know, you want to go into China, understand the risk. You want to go into Russia or any of these countries, understand the risks you know there are big big risks and i think it's going to change um it's going to change things quite dramatically you know companies are going to want security of 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 uh, you know fuel of energy yes. security of anything that is important you know that 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 they need whether it's microchips or what you know i mean um semiconductors or any of those things are going to be brought close at home because of what we've seen now in china and and certainly in Russia, and and I suppose you could add a lot of other countries to that. You know, I I look at South Africa and I'm saying, you know, South Africa, do you can you really understand this government? Do you really know what they're going to do next week? Do you really want to put in a big uh, a big investment? You know, to to have a change of government or or who knows who's going to come in after the ANC? You know, we automatically assume we'll think logically about it, but you don't know. Well, you don't and then know because the next thing is, mm-hmm. just on the geopolitical side, you don't know because of the 35 mm-hmm. countries that abstained from voting yeah. against Russia, most of them were African countries, and that's yes. because they're yes. support because Russia is buying mm-hmm. their buying their gold and buying, buying mm-hmm. other things. So why would South Africa? As, a, as, as part of BRICS and as part of G20, why on earth and how on earth can it justify abstaining against the brutality of the war between Russia and Ukraine, or rather between Russia and U, U, Ukraine and, and everybody else? They abstain. Well, no reasonable person, no. You know, Lindsay, no reasonable person can understand that. Um, I think the ANC have got their reasons. You know, we always jokingly say, well, probably they've got photographs of all the ANC, you know, cadres in Russia. Yeah. Who knows? You know, they helped him. They helped him at a different generation. They helped him 30, 40 years ago Precisely. during very difficult times. But that doesn't mean that you have to continue supporting them, you know, when they do evil. And it's, it's, it's perplexed so many people here why the ANC are taking it. But I think the fact that I don't think anybody cares. I don't think anybody cares about us or Africa simply because uh, of of what we are on the world stage. I think sometimes we think we're bigger than we are. I don't think we really carry that weight uh, or the weight that we thought we did 
in Mandela's day when he was an icon and uh, uh, a beacon of hope and a beacon of sensibility. Mm. And he was a beacon for, for hope that the African continent would change direction. Uh, I don't think that's happened because, you know, you weren't here in the in in the in the pre or those um, apartheid days or pre the collapse of Russia, no. uh, of the Soviet Union. No, but that's what happened is that the Russians, the African countries, would play play you know play off the West against the the East or against Russia. Mm. You know, if 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 you don't give me this, then I'm going to go West. And they go to the West. If you don't give me this, I'm going to go to Russia, and so on. And so it went. You know, until we saw the fall of the uh, Berlin Wall and the fall of Russia, and then uh, things changed. You know, so it, it it that's how they've always played their politics. You know, you can never sit down. I don't think they've got a moral compass. They'll go wherever the they'll go to the highest bidder. You know, who's go, who's going to give us the most money or whatever it is? It's sad. It's very sad. It is very sad, and uh, who knows how, how it'll play out. But I, I just, I, I really feel that unless there is some tie at the moment between South Africa and Russia, and that there is a, a really good, viable economic or ideological reason why uh, South Africa has this affection towards Russia, I cannot understand why Cyril Ramaphosa allowed him to abstain on that vote. I, I, it, it baffles me completely. No, no, I, I mean, know, I know. Yeah. When you see the images, when you actually, it, it goes against everything that the ANC stood for. I mean, everything that that Mandela and exactly. that whole good point. and it stood. When you see those images of uh, unprovoked attack of of um, imperialists, you know, of uh, and they fought for democracy. They, you know, the whole ANC was yes, it was against apartheid, but they fought for the vote. They fought that everybody would have the right to choose a government. You don't do that in Russia. <laughs> you know, we're going back to Stalinism. I mean, there's some very good leaders in The Economist this week. But, I mean, you're going back to how Stalin ruled Russia, you know, through terror. Um, yeah, no one's he, got the right. He murdered, he murdered millions of his own, own population. Of course. You, you make a very good point, David, because South Africans of all people should, should be very, yeah. very aware of the fact that um, the majority of the South African population was brutalized and terror, terrorized yeah. by a minority. And that is exactly yes. what is happening now in, in Ukraine. And yet they say, no, yeah. no, we'll abstain on this vote. But this, surely that's the one country that should say, no, we, we stand with our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. Mm. I don't want to get yes. too political. But yeah, it's, 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 un, it's unfathomable to well, me. Well, they stand, they stand for the Palestinians who are fighting against the brutal Israelis, according to them. Yeah. So I can't see the difference. Why don't they stand for the Ukrainians who are fighting According to you know my interpretation, I'm I'm not anti-Israel by any means, but I'm saying, you know, when when you see them there, then they're very vocal when it comes to the Palestinians. You know, when a, when the Israelis drop a bomb or something on Palestine, you know, on on the Palestinians, and 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 that's why I'm saying, you know, surely there's a there's a similar response or reaction to this. Not at all. In this case, it's okay. So I don't know. I can't reconcile this in my mind. It's just seems to be in a and I'm not taking any I'm not taking any part in the in the Israeli Palestinian conflict or anything I'm just talking about the images and the response from the government and yet in this case they're silent you know there they're quick to put up their hands yeah so I don't know I, it it just doesn't make any kind of sense and just shows you you know how 
confused they are and to an extent how morally corrupt they are. You know, it's not – so there isn't a value. There isn't a sense. They just say, oh, well, uh, in this case, they were very good to us. We can't – even if they are evil, we can't say it. Okay, well, you know where the Russian gas is. You know where the Russian oil is going to go. It's not, yeah. be a, it's not a difficult guess at a discount. And there's always, you know, they are always the Mark Riches of this world to go and see that we get it cheaply, you know. <laughs> not that there's any embargo, that we've got an embargo against oil. But, well, uh, no, you haven't, but uh, the most of the world now has. Uh, but, um, yeah, anyway, let's not talk about uh, individuals no, and, and countries. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I understand the confusion because I think we join you in that. We just totally, totally say, hold on a second. You know, sometimes you've got to actually make a moral judgment. You know, you've got to, you've got to stand for something. You have to stand mm. for something. You can't mm. sit on the fence. This fence sitting. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to. I'm going to abstain. It's yes or no. It's a mm. simple uh, nah, argument. Nah, I mean, Eritrea, nah, for nah. example, supporting Russia. Nah. Why? It's got a two billion dollar <laughs> economy. Come on now, do me a favour. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to reality. Um, Rem, Remgro trading updates, Sun International yeah. results. Uh, Absa uh, share price up around about two percent. Stadio down over over two percent. Uh, Hulemin came came out with something as well today. Anything that uh, caught your eye today in the maelstrom of what's going on elsewhere, and with the backdrop, of course, of the U.S. Federal Reserve meeting, which starts tomorrow and ends on Wednesday uh, uh, evening. Yeah. What do you think? I think, I think that's dictate. Funny enough, that's con. That's back into uh, the headlines. You know, everyone's now talking about you know about what the Fed's going to do, and this this. I, they, they've got to be careful. Um, by careful, I mean uh, I, I, they're definitely going to increase interest rates and that because when you take a step away, um, I don't think there's going to be any contagion of the of Russia's uh, of the Russian war onto the U.S. economy, you know, other than the oil price. I mean, and and you've got to look at that oil price. And no, say, not okay, just the oil what? price, David. Excuse me, the mm, cor- the, 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 the maize mm, price, mm, uh, the corn mm, price, yeah. and and, and mm, the wheat price. Mm, There's a lot of yeah. other things. So it's not yeah. just that. Yeah. We're talking We've about the Walmart shoppers here as well. Yeah. Uh, someone yeah. who goes yeah. to Walmart We've, and is paying three dollars mm. for a loaf of bread is now paying three dollars yeah. seventy or something, whatever it is. So it's not. So just you've got to that. work out. Mm. Go on. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm saying we've got to work out, and we don't know the impact yet. And that's why I'm saying the Fed's got to be very careful because the Fed doesn't know the impact that that's going to have on the U.S. economy. You know, is it going to knock it back? Uh, I still think it's strong enough, probably not to go into recession, because mm. I don't think consumers or companies are are really under pressure. You know, they're not. We haven't come out of, even though we had the pandemic, we didn't come out of it destroyed or, or you know, with 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 hard debt. I mean, governments have got hard debt, but not not consumers. And that's so. There's plenty of cash, and I think they're in good shape. They, but they will feel the pressure. So if you're the Fed, you know, you've got to say, okay, what do we do? You know, what do we do in this situation? Do we want to do something that's going to to knock the economy back again. So I think they will continue in the path, but they've got to be very careful about how they sell it to, uh, you know, to the public. So that, it's not a nice position to be in. I, I think they've got a very difficult position to, to negotiate and navigate. There but was I a think, chap, sorry, before know, you go on, talking about a difficult mm-hmm, position, mm-hmm. A, a chap this morning said uh, the Fed's in the position that a porcupine in a room full of balloons is in. 
In other words, <laughs> doesn't Don't matter where it goes, some mm. balloons are going to pop. So yeah. you're quite yeah. right. They can't. They can't do anything about it. Whatever, wherever they move, they're going to pop someone's balloon. And you're part of the world as well. I mean, if you think about Europe, because I think that's the economy that's perhaps going to take the biggest brunt oh, yeah. of the oil prices. You know, and and they were doing pretty well. I don't. You know, they they forecast good growth in 2022. I what was it? I think over four percent. Is it going to go down to zero? Probably not. Is it going to go down to one or two? Maybe. So I, you've got I, what, what, what we're coming to, the conclusion we're coming to, I think it's too early to bottom pick this market. It's too early to expose yourself and take a stand. You've just got to sometimes sit back and say, you know, we don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can't read this. I'm not going to do anything. You know, I'm, I'm in that kind of mood. It's... It, it's uh, you know, you can read all the headlines and you can read the articles about everything. But I think to actually, uh, what the word is, risk client funds at the moment, I think you've got to be very careful. There's just too much to absorb. You're over uh, over the weekend reading, at the, mainly mm. with The Economist, mm. but also other mm. publications. What did you get out of it? Because there's, there's different uh, views starting to emerge about what's happening in Europe at the moment. Some people mm. saying, well, there's bombs falling close to the uh, Polish border and Poland is a part of mm. NATO. And mm. if they do in, 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 infringe the, those borders, what does NATO do? So what, what, did, what was The Economist saying? What were your publications uh, saying? I, th I think most of it came, you know, was uh, trying to analyze Putin. And they come to the conclusion that he's under a lot of pressure yes. and completely misread this. Giving my own interpretation, I mean, and if, if you look at the great Russian army, I mean, they've been humiliated. They really have. Absolutely humiliated. And I, you know, my, 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 my daughter-in-law, who is uh, Russian, who's here and that, and talks to a lot of her friends and her mom's friends in Russia and she comes back infuriated because you've got Natasha from Russia, you know, giving her views and she gets these mails. <laughs> and I mean, they've, no, I mean, it's, it's in a way it's a little hysterical, but uh, there isn't. I know there's a comical character, Natasha from Russia and that, mm. but, but she suggests, you know, in, in her own cynical way, she says, you know what? And there might be an element of truth. She says, they've hoodwinked, they've hoodwinked Putin. Putin, as she calls him, she says, because, you know, huge amounts of money were allocated to the uh, defense. And you've probably found that half of it was stolen. And, you know, the tanks that he thought he had, he never had. <laughs> a lot of kids have gone in there who are, who are um, you know, not seasoned, uh, not seasoned fighters. So I think the humiliation, as she said, she's just said, she says, you know, I feel so humiliated as a Russian for what's happening. It's very and, interesting uh, that uh, a, a, mm. a lot of Russian, uh, a lot of families. Mm. I mean, there's inextricable ties between Ukraine, yeah, and, yeah. and Russia. Yeah. Oh, a lot yeah. of the people that are in Ukraine either came from mm. Russia or have Russian relatives, etc. And I've seen interviews on so many different stations and yeah. listened to so many different podcasts yeah. where a woman will say. Um, I'm, I'm very close to my family in Russia, but I've relocated to Ukraine and I talk to them about what's going on. And her family says to her, a family to whom she's very close, says, um, well, no, you're actually lying. Mr. Putin is a god. And uh, yes, he's, yes, he's trying yes. to save you from the, uh, yes, the, the drug, yes. drug addicts and uh, neo-Nazis and ultra-nationalists mm. that are running your, your country. Mm. And mm. The, the, mm. she said at the end of this, she told them to F off. 
and won't speak to them again. Mm. It's an extraordinary situation. Mm. It's not only people it's, being blown up, it's also families being <laughs> being blown apart as well. 100% right. That's exactly, that's exactly, you know, uh, what is happening is that, first of all, and that's why I can't understand South Africa's stand because mm. Putin is, go you're going into a Russia where you've got no freedom of speech, You've got no, you've got no human rights. There's no one to protect you. If you criticise the government, you're put away, locked in chains, sent to a gulag, you know, left to rot. All of that that we had in the 60s and 70s, you know, all of those issues are gained to once a man. You can't, you know, you won't have McDonald's or Starbucks or 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 any of the Western brands there. You're going back to Russian brands. There is no money there. Whatever savings you had in rubles has halved in value overnight or even gone down further than that. So you're going back to a, a poverty-stricken Russia. Why, why, why would South Africa support that because of this? Why would they not take a stand and try and sort it out? You know, why do you want to go into a country where you haven't got those freedoms? That's what they fought for. That was the whole apartheid movement was to fight for that. Mm. You know, and not to have the security police come in and knock on your door and at five o'clock in the morning and take them away as they did to my parents-in-law. You know, that was that was South Africa. Yes. You know, um, uh, without any rights and shoved in a cell and that was it until, you know, uh, you might have got a trial or not and then put under house arrest and everything. Why do you want to go back to that? Or why would you support a country that does that? I can't. It just doesn't make sense. You know, that's where Putin is taking Russia. And if you can't see it, then you're blind, you know, then, 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 um, you know. I don't, don't know, know if what you can, to say. I don't know if you can mm. get uh, BBC Sounds, which is um, the, uh, the BBC's um, uh, radio and podcast network. You have to get it through. I think in South Africa, you have to get it through a VPN, a virtual uh, virtual private network. Uh, but there's a new series out. It's just called Putin. It's an eight-part series. Mm. And it goes into how, how, he, how he started. He was a street fighter. He grew yeah. up in um, in Leningrad, which is now St. Petersburg. Which is now St. Petersburg. He was a street fighter, and he always his mm. his his mm. philosophy is: he hit first. Don't let them hit you first. You hit them first. Mm. And he's a mm. tough chap. And he went to mm. the KGB, and he said. Um, I'd like to uh, join your organization. And they said, no, well, what have you got? He says, well, you know, here I am. I'm a tough chap. And they said, no, get a law degree or something. So he went to university and he got a law degree. And then they came to him and said, okay, you're in. And before you know it, he's the, uh, the, the president of, the, of, of, of Russia, uh, now the Russian Federation. Oh, he's the mayor. He was mayor, I think, of St. Petersburg or Leningrad. Something and, like that. And you know, from then on, yeah, Yeltsin seemed to, I don't know, Yeltsin identified him as a, as a leader, you must listen to this. Though he's a nut job. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't tell but me I mean, and it's, a, it's a fascinating, <laughs> fascinating um, podcast yeah. series. Uh, BBC Sounds Putin, simply called Putin. It's just been released today. Yeah. Um, David, um, what else? Mm. Are you, what else are you seeing? So, what are you doing? What are you telling the people that phone you up every day? I, you know, just to stay calm and not to do anything. It's too early to, to do anything. I think a lot of the bad news, as always happens in these situations, gets discounted, but that doesn't mean that this presents the buying opportunity. Not yet. You've got to wait for a lot of bad news to still filter through. And I think, I think the news is the one that we were talking about a few seconds ago, is that 
how you know how is this going to affect the man in the street or the you know the householders when you do get this kick up in in um, you know in wheat prices or in bread prices food prices will will the manufacturers pass it on you know will the um, and and how's it you know so it's very important also the oil price how's that going to impact us and on growth on companies you can't read it overnight we can't you can do your models but it's it's you don't know. I think here, for example, in South Africa, I think it's going to be very difficult to pass on an increase in bread prices and that to the consumer. You know, oil prices as well. We went at one stage back in the 70s, I remember, or the late 70s and the 80s, you know, we actually had fuel rationing in order to, to, to keep demand down and also speed limits, you know, just to help with consumption. I don't think we're going back to that yet. You know, there's no shortage. It's just the price is very, very high. In that, in those cases, I think there was an embargo. And but um, it, it's South Africa's in a favourable position because you know, because um, other commodities remain pretty high, and we we're doing okay. But it is going to affect us. But you know, Lindsay, I, the, the question I asked our analysts this morning, or or, or you know, other fellow, I said, what did you read from the bank results? You know, in other words, what did you read from the Nedbank, APSA, Standard Bank results? You know, what do what do we see? And I think a lot of it is what happened in the past. You know, what happened a year ago, not what's going to happen. And I think that's that's the question: how how is this going to affect everything? You know, in other words, you, you know, what I mean, what are we going to see six months time with consumers? How they're going to be able to uh, manage petrol prices at these levels and food prices at these levels? So I think that's that's it's too early, and that's why I say I'd rather I'd rather just hold back a little bit, you know, and say okay, I'm not in, you know, things might change tomorrow. Putin might come to the table, who knows? But but at this stage, um, I don't want to do anything. No, you mustn't do anything. Um, okay, mm -mm. Uh, I'm just looking at one thing. I just want you to tell me first, as a precursor to what I'm going to say, where's the Sassel share price, please? I think that also came back quite a lot today. Just to uh, back it is, to the three thirty. Let me. Okay, hold on one second. Thank you very much. Resources. S and P five hundred futures. Cecil is three three six five seven. Okay, so we're down. Three thirty six. Cecil's down down four point nine percent today. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the oil price? Where the oil price is? I think it's also come down to one hundred four. It's one hundred five. Oh, it's one hundred five sixty for Brent, mm. which is down six point three percent. The West mm. Texas crude is down six and three quarters percent. It was mm. in the hundred and thirties merrily yeah. a week ago. It's yeah. now one hundred five, yeah. one hundred six. This know. is extraordinary. You know that you want to deal in commodities. Yeah. This is what you get, you know. This is you want to think that it's easy to read the commodity market. Well, hello, welcome. I'm, not, you know, I like commodities. I think that we're going to have a decent commodity market because I think governments are going to start spending on defence and a whole lot of other issues. Mm. So it's going to help. But what price? I don't know. This is there's so much trading there. But but this is <laughs> these are the dangers of 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 people who want to get into commodity markets. It's extremely volatile. And of course we've seen the 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 resource index down as we trade now. It's still. 20 minutes to go to trade, you know, the resource index is down about 3.5%, 3.7%. With precious metals, that index down about over 4%. So, you know, you might have been um, riding high last week. Suddenly, you've taken a bit of a clap, a bit of a knock. And, of course, on top of all of that, we've got processed announcements. So for the JSE today, 
hasn't been fun. No, it hasn't been fun and won't uh, won't be fun for, for for a while. Although I must say, the mm. oil price, although it's volatile and it's horrible and it's untradeable, and it's, it's mm. uh, hurting a lot of people, whether they're long or short or importers or exporters, it's a good thing for South Africa that the oil prices come down so precipitously. David, um, let's talk about more important matters now and football. And there's two things hey. I'd like to bring up. Mm. Uh, mm. Ronaldo. I have yeah, always uh, I disliked him, not disliked him, but always I been know. dismissive of him because mm. I, I liked Messi uh, yeah. uh, over him. And I always thought that Messi mm. was the artist and was the better player. Uh, Ronaldo was mm. the engineer, but absolutely brilliant as well. And he, uh, Ronaldo's hat-trick against Spurs on Saturday yeah. was extraordinary. Yeah, He was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that- no, uh, you know what he, you, you know what what differentiates him. Mm. When you see Simon Cooper made a very good point. He said there are no bad players in the Premier League. Mm. In other words, anybody who can play football in the Premier League is a good player. You know, they're different standards, but they're good players by any measure. Then you get the others. You get like the Ronaldos, and when you see, he doesn't mess up. How many? wild shots do you see you know, when you're watching a Premier League game all over the place they spray them over the you know over the post to the left to the right not not Ronaldo when he hits and I suppose the same as Messi and when he hits the ball it's always accurate and I mean that header was just absolutely superb I think all of them just credible player 38 what's he 37 38 he's 30, remarkable just about 37 yeah the other thing is but it's well, a skill man it, you know what i mean it's not it's give ten, him opportunity but he works bury, on it david it. he works yeah, on it he yeah, works really yeah. really hard he's got mm, the he's, he, mm. the skill is there yeah. uh, but uh, if you combine skill with will then goodness yeah. me and he's got yeah. the will uh, and he's got the will and the yeah. skill uh, the other thing is that uh, during the week uh, Paris Saint-Germain were 2 nil up on aggregate yeah. at, in, at, Real, at Real Madrid. And then um, uh, Benzema scored a 17-minute hat-trick to, to knock them out. Yeah. And I went to a game between PSG and Manchester City quite recently. And when Messi scored his first goal for PSG, I was right behind the goal where he scored it. And they were chanting his name and they were revering him and they couldn't stop singing about him. On Saturday night, I think it was, they were playing against the bottom team, Bordeaux, in the French League. And every time Messi touched the ball, he was booed and he was whistled and he was hissed at because they felt that he'd let them down against Real Madrid. He didn't have enough. So to to me, Messi and Neymar, Mm. and Neymar as well, Messi and Neymar are now finished and uh, Maurizio Pochettino is is also finished Mm. at at PSG. I've never seen anything like it. These these Paris Mm. Ultras, and I I, I stood with the Paris Ultras Mm. or rather sat with the Paris Ultras, they are maniacs. I've mm. never seen such a passionate crowd. <laughs> so they can say, you know, your friend one minute, your foe the next. Yeah. Well, Messi, went to I've him. never seen Messi yeah. booed, and it rattled him as well. Yeah. I know, yeah. uh, I know. But but probably they they still got skill. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I think that uh, uh, that extra yard that thing, uh, you know, is kind of going, I think. Um, I don't think that the... The Messi that we're seeing now has a patch on the Messi that we knew under Guardiola, of course, on, no. under Pep, no, you know, and uh, 
But you know what I wanted to say to you? Yes, please. What, no matter how good that the three goals were from Ronaldo, go look at the goal that Chelsea scored. It was absolutely superb. Uh, What's his name there? The German striker. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, it was the touch was was extraordinary. The the ball came from high. This was a long ball that he brought down Mm. and put in the net. Was you know, remarkable skill. You know, whether he can do it again or has got the consistency of. Got, got got the consistency of Ronaldo. I never, never. No. But uh, some goals are just staggering. He he was. Listen, I played soccer. I know. I played football. You played for Vitz. But I mean, those kind of skills, we never had anything close to that. You know, the ball would bounce off our knees and bounce off our feet. You know, to bring those balls down like that is just staggering. It was so, it yeah. was it was sublime, and I'm looking mm. forward to seeing him on Wednesday night, and because I'm going yeah. to Lille to watch the game on oh, on Wednesday on Wednesday evening, and that's 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 my final point when we stop talking about football. I <laughs> find it really quite laughable. I think it's the press. I don't think it's Chelsea, but I think it's the press that's hyping up this thing. Or we don't know if we can get there. We don't know if we can travel to Lille because we haven't got the money. <laughs> What a lot it was of was packed stadium. What a lot of nonsense. Seats, yeah, there know. are two thousand six hundred Chelsea fans going there. I'm going there um, to watch it, not as a Chelsea fan. I've got a <laughs> ticket in in the Lille section. But if two thousand six hundred Chelsea fans can go to their bank, get some money out, <laughs> and buy a ticket, why can't you buy a ticket on the train, or can you hire a coach yourselves? If you're only fifty to hundred thousand, up to three hundred thousand pounds a week, if you're a true Chelsea player, why can you not all get together mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, let's yeah, char- let's charge yeah. for a plane, let's do this"? It's mm-hmm. pathetic. The the rhetoric that's been going on. And I don't think it's the Chelsea players or the uh, the Chelsea team. I think it's the press sort of hyping it up a little bit. But it is quite funny. It will be a great game and I'm really looking forward to it, I must say. (laughs) Okay, David, thank you very much for your time. David Shapiro is from Sesame Securities and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.